I've not experienced direct sexual harassment, but I've had my body being a topic of discussion, for example, in a forum where it's all men. And I don't think it's a point of conversation. It's definitely not. It should not be. Things happen to people differently and it's okay. It's okay. Sharing our stories, our experiences. experiences. Mm -hmm. And we are not uh, editing anything. We really want to speak to to, the the girls. Okay, and uh, welcome to our Chinyambuyu podcast today. And we're here with four beautiful ladies. Yes, I included myself in this. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about Career Cafe. And so we're going to just dig right into it and go into the first question, which is, what has your career journey been like in your workspaces, in your different workspaces? And since tertiary, so since college till now. So I've had an interesting career journey. Um, it has morphed over the years. So I've had jobs ranging from working um, as a bartender. That was in university to owning my own online store. So running a business, which I still do, to working in a lab, to working in sales, to doing customer service, and then finally to project management. So I think the journey has been interesting because I've, at that point, when I was doing each of those jobs, I didn't think it will impact where I'm currently at. But I think through all those jobs, I've learned different skill sets. For example, like the sales, I've learned the art of negotiation and handling conflict. Um, because especially when you're... So the desk I particularly sat on was for complaints. <laughs> so it was through in, day in, day out of people complaining about how bad the service is um, that they received from your peers or from the organization. So I think you don't really think how the journey impacts, but every position has really impacted them and given me a skill set that I use today. Wow, that's quite a journey. Um, so I started as a researcher straight from college, uh, mainstream research, doing different kinds of research. I didn't know I'd end up in the NGO world. But every time I went to the field, I remember I was uh, attracted to women and girls' stories. So in 2012, I just asked myself, like, I should probably just make the shift and focus on women and girls. So I quit a well-paying job to take up an internship in an NGO. And that's how I started my journey working with women and girls. That's what I've been doing since then. Wow. Okay. On my end, I also started uh, working in a research firm. And uh, at that time, for close to one year, then moved to the NGO sector. And I've been into the project management world for close to eight years now. Yeah, but in different positions. Wow. Yeah. So clearly all of us started from places where we yes. didn't think this is where we would end up. Yeah. And we've had about changes. So changes in your career, changes mm-hmm. in male or jobs that you didn't think would actually impact where you are today. So let's talk about that, these changes, um, what we think about them, what society thinks about it, or how much support did we get as women uh, in your spaces as you moved from one job to another? Uh, what do your peers say? Uh, what encouragement did you get and all that? So on my end, uh, when I completed my first degree, I think I was not still very clear on what I wanted to, to work or where my course, which career path I was to take. 
So that's how I landed the research job. But along the way, when I enrolled for my postgraduate, I think is when I started getting a clear picture of what I wanted to focus on. And that's when I went down to focusing on girls and young women, and more specifically those who are in the transition age, maybe from adolescent to adulthood, or maybe transitioning from different spheres of life. So my greatest support system has always been my mother and growing up she always had one mantra that you are the limit. So as long as what you're doing is within the law you're not breaking any law please go for it. Yeah. So all you need to do is just just bring her to speed. This is what I'm thinking of pursuing and she there's always one thing because we are three girls. Go my daughter. Oh. Yeah, that's what she always say. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Yeah. 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 Um, so I had support from family, but my friends thought I was crazy. Like, why would you leave a salary to go and mm-hmm. become an intern? Then mm-hmm. closing my house, selling my things, because now I had to downsize, go and move. Uh, I moved into my sister's SQ. I, that's where I started now when I joined the NGO world. So just having support from family and covering up the the financial bits that I had to give up, that also propelled me. Then at the workplace, I had, I've had pretty good mentors my whole entire career. So they supported the change. They held my hand as I even learned like a totally new uh, aspect of work, new sector, everything. But I've been able to thrive because of that support system and I'm grateful. Yeah, um, so my career journey changed when I was in university. So I did a science degree um, and a business degree at the same time. And then I realized I'm interested in more culture and system transformation. But um, of course, I still needed to implement what I had studied in university. And that was when I had a stint. It was literally a stint in research. And um, I realized that path is not for me. In any place, it was not for me. And so... I slowly moved into the NGO space and that was so my first part in the NGO space was focusing on systemic transformation so the justice system and I think that's what made me realize what path I wanted to be in but with the support I've had both support negative and positive so the positive ones have been people around me supporting me and saying you can do what you want to be I mean once you focus your mind on it you can get it the negative have been the people unfortunately i've crossed paths with who i've been reporting to who've molded me to make sure i know the people the type of leader i don't want to become um and so i think they've both been learning points and like both challenges that i've faced throughout the career journey okay so um for mine um i started working in a supermarket as a cashier at a supermarket and so my transition um, in the workplace has been different because in college I did uh, we have a rule where I come from where we, we start at 19 you start your own life so you move out you pay for yourself so my first job was supermarket then I've worked in hospitals I've worked in a mortuary I've worked in <laughs> I've worked in a lot of places and so a lot of things have informed those changes and yes as you said every every single job has informed the other job mm-hmm. so every when i worked with uh, in the mortuary there were a lot of grieving people i learned how to take care of people's emotions how to deal with someone who's way of course like they cannot listen to anything you say so how do you deal with that when someone is mired in grief and you can't say anything so it informed everything yeah and so comes the next question in all these changes that we had 
we hear women talk about sexual harassment we listen to like as women all of us can actually say that we've actually faced it in one form or another so how have we faced it in these jobs that we've had or the career paths that we've taken um i can probably go fast i've not experienced direct sexual harassment but i've had my body being a topic of discussion for example in a forum where it's all men um so i was facilitating a session unfortunately or coincidentally on gender based violence i was talking to men who are gatekeepers of a certain community and wow. i didn't speak their <laughs> language so the whole time they were talking about my childbearing hips wow. and how is it that i'm not married how am i leading an organization and i'm unmarried like maybe they should find me a husband so at the end of the session my colleague tells me like these people have not even had a word you've been to saying mm. they've just been talking about your hips and your ability to give birth yeah so again my marital status has come into question so many times and i don't think it's a point of conversation it's definitely any, not it should not be not. yeah i've experienced it but not to the extreme so when you're in sales there's a there's a lot of harassment that happens both emotionally and physically um well people say it comes to the job but i think it's one of the things that are not talked about so someone comes and they want to purchase something or then they extend they go further than the interaction you're supposed to have which is the purchase of the product and let's move on and then you'll find they've either and because we're in the world of technology they'll have gotten your number from um they maybe they made a payment and it came and somehow they'll find your number and then the interactions come so at the end of the day you find you have 30 people who are saying hi i met you at the desk or hi i saw you and they want to all take you or they want to call you carry on in the conversation they feel entitled because of the position that you're so called sitting in so and this happens a lot if you have the manager position then i think it's a bit easier but if you're an assistant or an associate they tend to feel like they're more entitled and they can get away with it so i think yeah it's a discussion that's not really talked about and people assume it should be happening because they tell you even me it happened when i was a intern you're like yes but that doesn't make it right even it if it happened yeah and so the here comes that after all that came the mental health so here we're talking about my next question would be mental health and in this case um mental health in the workplace how you take care of it and how you deal with it because i can start and say my mental health choice was to leave the job and my mental mm-hmm. health was suffering so that was self care for me and going to see a therapist because now it became ah, I'm too scared to do a lot of things now <laughs> I'm afraid of working because <laughs> now working is related to pain in this case so how have you ladies like gotten through it um, mental health problems at work or just self care and taking care of yourself in the workplace so for me mental health as an individual first of all I really want to understand the people I'm working with So where do we not cross the line uh, what are the likes and dislikes of this person and mm-hmm. if we are working as a team how best do we work together in terms of self care let me plan my work and um, i don't want to do a lot today in a day and then also feel like i'm not able to do to be effective the following day and also this just comes uh, this also calls for the people you're working with they should be able to understand there are those days i know we come to the office and we're like today i think i'm battery low mm-hmm. one should be able to understand like i'm not always battery low but there are those bad and good days and when the ecosystem is able to understand mm-hmm. you in that way then it becomes easy to work together yeah i've had to resign from a job because of 
my own mental well-being so it was a toxic work environment um so for me mental health is a very deliberate action i know sometimes our financial status dictates how we operate in the workplace but i think if our space is really toxic then you owe it to yourself to take care of yourself first before before work you can always get somewhere else to work you can always start again um then when it comes to self care um from when you're a young woman of course some self care activities are you know like they're expensive and yeah. that yeah. is what we aspire wow. to you know yeah. mm-hmm. you want to take a spa day mm-hmm. but your pocket does not accommodate <laughs> a spa day so i've always aspired to do self care activities that are within my budget mm. and things that i actually enjoy so do self care yeah. things that mm-hmm. are tailored for you that you absolutely enjoy yeah, yeah. great So I've worked in both toxic and really nice organizations. So the toxic organizations really take a toll on you and you don't realize it up until you see how your output, both your emotional output, how you're relating with people and how your work is affected. So yes, I agree um taking a moment because you can't always be working at 100% unless you're a robot and then your career will really suffer. So just taking a moment. If you're not at par, you should be in a space where you can tell your line manager Since we're talking about self-care and we're talking about self-love, in this case, how do you do that work-life balance that I hear about? I'm saying here about because I do not know what that means right now. I'm having issues where my work life is just sneaking into my home life. So when I say my work life, it is just my life. I should just say my life, not my work life. So uh, everything is just blurred and everything is... I wake up at night, I'm like, oh God, did I answer that meeting? I'm like... Oh, it's 2 a.m. Goodness. And I'm checking emails. <laughs> and I'm wondering, why am I checking emails at 2 a.m.? But I can't sleep because my anxiety has just hit the roof and I was asleep. So no, I don't have a work-life balance. But I would love to know how you guys are actually doing it. Because give me tips, please. I can tell you, as a recovering workaholic, <laughs> because I am in recovery, for starters, I am trying to leave my laptop in the office as much as I can. And I think... It's small things leaving your laptop um taking leave when you feel like even if it's a day um if your place embraces work from home trying to work from home and debriefing like centering yourself um yeah. and not having like seeing people I think it really like the small steps really build to the mm-hmm. big ones Yeah thank thank you because I found myself reading work documents in the matatu <laughs> I mean <laughs> something I've been intentional to do I don't have my work email on my phone. So it's all about presence. I'll talk about presence. So when I'm at work, I'm dealing with work. Yes, as much as I'm also a parent, I'll have some home issues find me at work. Mm-hmm. And when I'm at home, I'm at home. So usually when we leave the office with my colleague I tell her now we are just changing offices. <laughs> so we're going to a new office. Yeah, we'll go to the office. <laughs> the work office you're going to the home office. So then also just being intentional to also be present in the lives of the people who depend on me and those who are around me i've really been working on my time management mm-hmm. just trying to tell myself what time should i be at the office and at what time am i intentional to stop and tell like my line manager or my teammates enough for the day and they do not feel like um stopping them from meeting their delivery boss <laughs> it's time to change offices <laughs> like i say every day yeah I also have the exact same two points presence yeah. and time management. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I have a very young child below one year 
So being at home means my head needs to be in that space yeah. at that particular time. Mm-hmm. It's elusive. Time work life balance is very elusive, mm-hmm. but again, you have to be very deliberate about how yeah. you approach it. Our lives are basically a pie chart and this is something that I share with all my mentees to be holistic we balance all those aspects of our life so that you're not multitasking your head is here and there mm-hmm. and everywhere and at the end of the time you just like a very burnt out young woman I am guilty of that I'm sitting I'm sitting in the recovery <laughs> <laughs> be the next yeah. recovery <laughs> but um, I think also one of the things that my parents always remind me is the end of life is one like we're all going to die. Mm. So it all depends with at when you're in that six feet under or whatever path you choose, um, if it's cremation or whatever, mm. what are people going to be saying about you? Will they be saying she spent all her time at work and never had time for her family? Will they be saying she was present both at work and her family? Like who will be speaking there mm. in front? Will it be the people who are in your circle saying you are always present and intentional to build those relationships? Or will it be your employer who will be saying then, saying she was a very good employee <laughs> and your whole family saying we never saw her. We have nothing to say about this. Yeah. So there's a balance. Oh, I'm guilty of that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick some of these details. <laughs> like presents. <laughs> no more reading documents while I'm getting my hair done. Or my nails done, you know. You're just like, yes, Disconnect. there, there. And then you're reading this side. <laughs> yeah, I'm guilty of that, honestly. Yeah. Disconnecting your email. Oh, I will yeah. get there. Oh, yeah. Oh, you have it. <laughs> and so, um, got the last one. So, what's your takeaway? So, what would you tell the ladies out there about the workplace? Yeah, what to expect? What they can hope for? <laughs> um, I have several tips. One is to enjoy every season that you're in. Um, so you'll start as a young woman, you'll grow into, you know, like a full adult woman. Some of you will have families, some will choose not to have families. So every season that you're in, enjoy it. Yeah, don't look, don't always be looking at the the grass on the other side. Mm. Enjoy where you are. The second one is give your best in whatever space you're in. Even in that um, toxic work environment, for the duration that mm-hmm. you're there, be the best version of yourself. Um, I've also learned how to be remain teachable throughout, learn from everyone around you because I keep saying no one comes to you as a blank mm-hmm. canvas. They always have something that you can learn from. We don't know everything and we are always, we are constantly learning. So remain teachable even when you get to the highest mm-hmm. level according to you. Uh, then surround yourself, of course, with mentors. And I keep telling my mentees it is okay to, to end a mentorship relationship mm. if it has achieved the purpose for which you sought out that person. So refresh your mentors list, move on when you need to move on. Yeah, and at some point you become the mentor and you mentor other people. Yeah. And finally, one day at a time. That's yeah. my everyday mantra. Yeah. <laughs> on my end, I have three things. Uh, in every space that you find yourself, allow yourself to grow. Uh, don't wake up as a, maybe you start as an intern and you're telling yourself in the next one month I want to be the manager of this place. <laughs> it will take time. Allow yourself to grow through the mistakes. Allow yourself to grow through the achievements that you make. And allow yourself to grow through the space and the people you meet. Another um, thing that comes to my mind is uh, the challenges that you experience. Please use them as stepping stones to learning don't look at them as a, a negative feedback or something of the sort and then thirdly for the make sure that you have good networks at your workplace as my colleagues say they can come in as your mentors 
they can come in as your future friends uh, but just ensure that even if it's time to leave a space you do not leave as a blank slate yeah i think mine would be the first one would be be intentional in the space that you're in and in everything that you're doing so if it's work that you have give it your best um if it's the team that you're in give it your best i always tell people you don't have to like everyone you work with you just have to love them as human beings that's plain and we are not here to tell people to like everyone because that's impossible mm-hmm. but you just have to love them enough to do the work that you're doing um and just for them being human beings the other one is to be authentic i think be authentic with yourself don't feel that you're pressured to conform into a certain way or be a certain way because that tends to happen in the journey um and it happens i think a lot to women unfortunately that you're forced to you feel like you're forced to conform to be something um and always justifying for example if you don't have children you always mm-hmm. have to justify on a mm-hmm. constant mm-hmm. or if you're married people always feel like okay let's not give her this much work or give her this position because she has like just be authentic um to yourself i think it will really help i wish i would tell, have told my younger self <laughs> that <laughs> um and the last one is be your best version um but your best version being the challenges will always be there but the day will end and then you'll be looking back and say hi i had that problem in this 2010 and you don't even remember the challenge i mean there's always like the end of a challenge and something else comes true yeah okay so thank you ladies that was a wonderful um i really appreciate just having you here so thank you mm-hmm.